Welcome to Speak Sex. I am your host, Eve Eurydice. Thank you for listening. Thank you for trusting me as your sex whisperer. Um, today's guests, I'm very happy to introduce to you, are the founders of um, the group uh, running the Cosmic Kant Conferences uh, and now the Church of the Cosmic Kant here in Miami, which was a three-week-long event portal and celebration of the rise of the divine feminine and the rebirth of consciousness. Um, so they have been doing this for years around the world, these conferences, let's just call them in short. Um, but this is the first time in Miami that they set themselves up as the church of the Cosmic Hand and they had a long lasting series of events. So they were open seven days a week and they had many daily events. So it, it's up to like something like 40 events in uh, three weeks. Um, and their purpose was basically to uh, bring us all together to to experience this new feminine and you know female body-based paradigm. So uh, my guests today are Frida Future, who is the original founder of Cosmicant, and Sarah Brujita, who is now the co-founder and co-creator of the concept, and Luna Elisa. The triad of the three of them is in charge of Church of the Cosmic Hunt. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And they'll tell us much more about um, the, the, the concept, the project, and the future, for the future, <laughs> I'll start with you, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> of Kant awareness. Yes. Right? yes, yes, of consciousness. Consciousness. Yes, all of it, yes. absolutely. Um, so it's funny because you said this new, this new thing of, of the body consciousness and of connecting to the feminine. And we like to use this phrase, the ancient future, because it feels less like a, like a new thing that we're discovering or, or like a, a problem that we're solving. Rather, it's a return. It's a return to a, a connectedness to the earth and to the body and to the quantum information that moves through us in the space of our feelings and our emotions. And yeah, it's a celebration of that. So not only for, for women and for those in, in feminine identified bodies, but also recognizing that all of us exist on a spectrum of masculine and feminine energy and that accessing this aspect of, of the feminine is something that is you know, healing and juicy right, exactly. and relevant for all of us, no matter uh, what your gender identification. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the feminine body, you know, I mean, it's so badly sexualized and um, I'm going to say also uh, commodified because yes. it's used to sell so much garbage, right? Mm -hmm. yes. So when, you know, when people hear the word cunt, they're like, oh, that's <laughs> a four-letter word. It's a dirty word. I can't say that. I can't say that in public. And it's like, if you take a moment, right, to think about it, it's where we all come from. Um, and there is, instead, instead of the, in, instead of the, the the word making us feel in awe, right? In this, in the present, makes us uh, feel kind of like dirty and grossed out and uncomfortable because that's what the patriarchy has taught us, right? Yes, it's yes to demonize it or to vilify to it, be afraid or to make of it. it. Like, yeah, yeah, to be afraid of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and part of our philosophy is. Peeling, peeling back those layers, unlearning the things that a uh, society, um, an economy who in whose interest it is that you don't feel complete in your own body, that you don't feel good enough. Of course, it is in their interest to divide us from, you know, our integrated selves, from being able to access the whole spectrum of masculine and feminine, from uh, our sexuality. Yes, I, I would venture to say that. Uh, that what we're doing now is radical in not in so much in reclaiming words as a radical thing, mm -hmm. but in the space of, of declaring that now henceforth 
This is the vibration that's here in the word. Mm-hmm. It's not an argument. It's not a negotiation. We don't need the Webster's Dictionary to <laughs> approve right. this new flavor that we're adding to the popular awareness around this word. Mm-hmm. It's this embodied spellcasting. Yeah, feeling, exactly. Feeling the power. Feeling the, the inherent... Uh, firm ground that we're on mm-hmm. in our in our power and in this expression mm-hmm. and then like you know here comes cunt mm-hmm. flying out of my mouth <laughs> you're gonna take it as a joke you're gonna take it as an offense you're gonna take it like it's trigger it doesn't matter but i'm yeah. i'm i'm yeah. sending out that but vibration we aim and to normalize go. it yes and to you know place it in its proper context which is very different from the you know the one that again the dominant culture has forced upon us I have to open a parenthesis for a second and tell you guys that um, my first novel, which I wrote when I was like 21, uh, it's called F32, and it was published by Virago Press in England, a feminist press, a well-known feminist press. I uh, had the word cunt in every sentence. <laughs> 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 so long before the vagina monologues, which yes. like, in my opinion, were so, you know, mainstream and scared. Vanilla. The vanilla <laughs> to the end. <laughs> I wrote this book and it's the story of a vagina. Um, this, you know, it's a story of like, it's like a fable. So it's mm-hmm. the story of this woman who gets assaulted in the street and someone cuts at her, you know, cunt and it, it comes out. But instead of, you know, it, like in the next chapter, it becomes, that's the fabulous element, you know, <laughs> it gets to have a life of its own. Yes. <laughs> so the world doesn't know how to identify it. And F32 is the f-stop of the camera because in a in a couple of chapters you see the world through the cunt, so um, it changes the way everything looks, of course. But then you know there is also the slapstick element, like the cunt goes on talk shows on TV and it goes to the museum and it's mistaken for art piece, and you know it it, it ends up in kitchens, in restaurants, and it keeps like being mistaken for everything but what yes. it is because it's disembodied. Yes. Right? Ah. Yes, <laughs> but they don't love it because they don't know what it is. So everybody's like very fond of this <laughs> <laughs> uh, creature. Um, but then on the personal level, which is really why I wrote the book, was that the protagonist, you know, who's a stand-in for I think most of us, definitely was for me at the time. I was young. Um, you know, started off feeling very cut off from her sexuality and her vagina because she felt that, like, you know, her mind and her psyche and her sense of self was always kind of, like, beholden and, you know, entrapped by these lower urges, you know, so she would get, like, turned on and she would have to, like, deal with these guys and stop what she was doing to deal with, like, the, you know, whatever, the desire or the horniness, and she didn't like it. Like, she felt that dichotomy that we've inherited from our Judeo-Christian tradition, mm-hmm. that, you know, the body, especially the sexual body, is completely separate from, like, the soul or the mind or whatever, you, you know. Yes. And instead of, like, realizing that, that no, like, your vagina is you, mm-hmm. so there is no it, it's I, right? And being holistic, um, she didn't have that sense in the beginning, but of course, by the end, when finally they managed to reunite, it's we, it's I, yes. you know, this is I, my vagina is I, you know, so mm. I, the sexual I, you know, is also the only I I know. So that was the, you know, the purpose of, of that um, book and, um, you know, I hope like some people got it. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, we, we're about <laughs> we to get it. Yeah, we're exactly. about to buy a copy. <laughs> So I'm, you know, I'm definitely a long-term, you know, believer of exactly what you know you're talking about. You know, bringing the cunt out in the forefront of human experience and using it to redefine and reclaim, you know, our truth. Yes, I mean there are there are so many facets of this for us to look at, right? Because when we're talking about the cosmic cunt, what we're the, the infinitude of divinity, mm-hmm. right? The high and the low, the mm-hmm. full breath of tantric weaving. Mm-hmm. So just listening to you describe the novel just now, I, I pick out the moment of the the protagonist feeling her lower urges right. and being frustrated by them and feeling like, oh, why is this tearing me from what I really want to be working on mm-hmm. and how so frustrating and mm-hmm. so uh, confronting to my ego to mm-hmm. have this thing down here that pulls mm-hmm. me in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And I, I, just, I just lit upon that moment and I think about what our project is like and what it's up to. 
And my vision is for that protagonist-esque mm. woman mm -hmm. to experience her, her urges or her diversion from the ego's intention mm -hmm. and to like enjoy that side story mm -hmm. and integrate it as part of integrate the same central it. story rather right. than feeling it as something apart and, and, to, and to be able to communicate about mm -hmm. what that is as she integrates it. Oh, this worked and this didn't and oh, felt so good. And, you know, maybe I don't really need to finish this project. And actually mm -hmm. my pussy is leading me somewhere completely different. And wow. maybe I can let my pussy lead me because I trust her and I know I that trust that's part it. of me. Yeah, that's your gut. So exactly. That's the, the right? cunt gut. The cunt yeah. gut. Precisely. <laughs> precisely so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the and also, you know, it should be it should be noted that like the ego is definitely male, right? Because there is no other <laughs> language. We don't this is where we live. All the words we have are made by men, all the concepts, the laws, you know, the rules, whatever, right, are made by men. Until now. Until, Until you now. know, we've got a few. So <laughs> like when, when we are thinking, I mean, even me, you know, like, I mean, I think all of us unconsciously, you know, when we are like working in this culture, we're like fake men. To a degree, that's the only way to like speak a language that the system understands and get you know awarded, rewarded, promoted, whatever. But when you go from the from the pussy instinct, right, from the from the cunt core, yes, or or, or you know the, the woman core of you rather than the male core of you, then you can like find its its language that mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily. It, 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 that's not the same necessarily with the dominant language that we all speak. Uh, yeah, actually, when you say all of this, it's interesting because I think that through the lens of, of that conversation, you know, the pussy portal and the interaction with the ego, which to me more and more as I move through the space and my life, I, I recognize that the ego is actually just the wounded child, that wrote this whole program for mm, us to survive. Interesting. And it just wants to survive and it, and it, and it hasn't fully grasped if we're not enrolling the child into saying, Hey, I'm a woman now. I'm a man now. And I've integrated all of these lessons and we get to go on this ride together. Do you want to play and do this thing you love to play and do this thing? You don't have to take it. You don't have to shut us down. We actually get to, Integrate. Mm. And it's a different conversation than like, ooh, bad ego, like fuck my ego, ego death. Like, yes, and actually, mm -hmm. it's a child. It's That's the beautiful. Child part of us. That's much nicer yeah. than the concept of like the father tyrant, you know, asshole. Exactly. <laughs> I like exactly. the wounded boy or the wounded child. Yeah. Because then it makes us forgive patriarchy and. And, you know, bring it in. Well, they yeah. work Somewhat. together instead. Right. Yeah. Where it's like the mother aspect, the mother archetype, yeah. the father aspect, you know, so the masculine and the feminine get together to say, okay, hey, child, I'm going to enroll you and and I will hold you radically accountable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Radical accountability to continue integrating that into the mm -hmm. space and being in full union with self. Mm-hmm. Yeah of the union with the self, the hieros gamos, right? Yeah, yeah, holy marriage. Yes, yeah. and so this, 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 I, I thought that too of the wounded little boy and of this thing around the, the ego when we, when we scold him for being so linear. Like you were saying, to work in the old paradigm, you have to be like a, like a fake man, right? Mm -hmm. Was something we said about mm -hmm. being in the feminine mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. So now we look at the men who are in those spaces. And, and what are they experiencing? For a lot of them, it's, it looks it's like Right? It looks like they are also sort of half men who mm. are pushing themselves, keeping themselves in the office really late, forcing themselves to meet externalized stories of what will validate them instead of being connected to their to their bodies. Mm -hmm. And so the, the hieros gamos for all of us, right. that integration space of, right. of what do I feel, right? The feminine, what do I feel? What's happening here? And then the masculine of how can I be in service to that? Not how can I shut that down and right. work around it right. to get or my thing. Right, or how can I like uh, buy it, own oh. it, you know, Possess use it, it as a trophy, yes. whatever, it, you know, penetrate it, mm. uh, mm -hmm. it, you know, whatever, discard it, seduce it, discard it, all that bullshit with the eat. Yeah, the truth is that men in the process are stunted emotionally mm -hmm. and also I think sexually, like they have a hard time receiving they have, you know, because when you're trained by the system to always like uh, be in charge and do, do, do without really knowing what you're doing, you don't have the pleasure of receiving in like 
passive space. Yes, I think we're all very wounded around receiving. I think yes. I think if you think of all of us sharing, all of us men and women sharing the cosmic cunt idea of one experience in our consciousness together, uh, we push things through all the time as a culture individually. Push it, keep going, push. And if you think of that as a pussy receiving that traumatic push, push, mm, push, right? Yeah, it's like assaulting. Yes, and so so we all then become a little bit like, oh, I don't know about receiving. Can I receive? Because so much of what you've received before was kind of thrown at you. Mm. Make sense? Or yes. mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when you're young, a lot of that receiving feels abusive. Mm. Because you do not have agency. You know, you're just a child. Speaking of the wounded child, you can't say yes or no. So it just kind of all comes at you, and you gotta protect yourself from the pain. Yes. Um, but now we have agency, and we can receive in you know right in adulthood and be integrated and, and grow. And it's a, it's a process, of course, of like unpacking all of that within us, right? Because we experience the world through the filter of our physical bodies and what we're able to perceive, and then on top of that, we experience it through all of the social and cultural and learned filters that we pile on top of it. And so, um, you know, for, for us, it's, it's a really fun process. Like what we like to do is in play with joy, unpack these things mm. and really look at them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because so f for me, I feel like it's a really, it, if you get really oversimplified with it, it really comes down to the difference between fear and faith. And if we look at patriarchy, It comes from a place of fear, okay? We, we have agriculture, which, you know, we, we shift from being hunter-gatherers and just receiving the Earth's bounty, you know, and, and monitoring our movements so that we're in a position to receive it. When we switch to agriculture, we take fertilized seeds and we plunge them into the Earth and force the Earth to give her bounty to us when we want it, exactly what we want, right? And so... When we shift from egalitarian societies where the whole community is sharing together to societies where there's property and lineages, that's where we have patriarchy because it comes from the fear that your genes and your offspring are not going to be provided for based off the work that you do, right? If we're all living in community and we're all sharing together, there's no fear because If I have, then you have. You know, we're together. Well, a point that's that's important at this moment, mm -hmm. I feel, in relation to that, is that, I mean, a lot of the fear is the paranoia of inheritance, as you said, mm -hmm. right? And also the fact that the man had no way of knowing who was their child yes. unless they kept the woman basically imprisoned in the house with yes. no access to any other male in the universe ever. Yes, and that's But where now that we have DNA. <laughs> hmm. So like for the first time, basically, at least like in written history, I don't know what was happening in matriarchy. Maybe those women <laughs> knew it. <laughs> But like for the first time within, you know, the, the patriarchy, We can identify the offspring mm -hmm. without doubt genetically, so we no longer need that shit. Because men know now, you know, they mm -hmm. don't have the need to like give the name, the la their last name to the woman and their child to identify it as theirs and all that, blah, blah, because you know they have they don't have anything to worry about. They can find out with a simple paternity test. So mm. it's a good time for like this con consciousness <laughs> 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 to be stirred. Yes. Yes. Uh, speaking of the fun of it, before, do you want to say something? Oh, yeah. You know, and I was going to say, like, for, I think what we need to get away from is the idea that it's like, only my offspring deserves to have resources. You know, it's like, it's like we're, we're a collective as humans, not just as humans, as a planet. We're a collective. We're all together. Mm. You know, if some part of us is suffering, we all feel it, whether mm -hmm. we feel it consciously or not, mm -hmm. you know. Such a good point. Mm -hmm. The, the yes. numbness mm -hmm. of being unconscious and then pain information is coming through and we're not interpreting it. So this comes back to the body yes. and the fun <laughs> of tuning into the body and, and, and allowing that to guide you, right? Like mm -hmm. all of these stories about like patriarchy, like it's all very important, right? Like good mm -hmm. and I'm just going to hold it like that. <laughs> okay. So it's, mm -hmm. um, so, so all of that stuff, if it juices you up, 
to look at that if it really like turns you on to understand where it came from and then like use that to inform like what you're giving yourself permission to feel and experience now that's awesome mm-hmm. all the history all the philosophy mm-hmm. all the arguments like yes 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 right mm-hmm. but I think that on the, its most primary basic level pleasure and consent in every moment right mm-hmm. like that's it like yes what's my right. pleasure and what right. do I consent to right is this conversation and no my, harm done no harm done right and that's such a big breakthrough for the person trying to say no right mm-hmm. for people who are on one side or the other everybody's struggling with it right so for the people who who feel like is it gonna hurt this other person if I say no what's gonna happen the pleasure of being like no and no harm no foul this is just where my boundary is and right like, exactly you're allowed to now take your energy to right. whatever space you what juices you up and and, mm-hmm. and and when we loosen up into that I feel like that overarching image of the interconnected planet and of the energy flowing between us, right? Mm-hmm. That that becomes um, easeful instantly when we're tuned into ourselves and allowing that to guide us and allowing that to guide our communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are at the moment, I mean, I know I keep bringing it back to like, I don't know, sociology, anthropology Please. or some such thing. It juices you up. That's, <laughs> the That's the whole point. The juice is yeah. the same no matter what the yeah. topic is. If you're in your juice, yeah. it's kinesthetically <laughs> transmitted to us and that's mm. where it's at. It doesn't matter what the topic is. So tell us about yeah. the sociology. <laughs> no, I feel that we are at the moment where we no longer can afford not to be a collective because yes. the earth needs us to be together, united in order to save ourselves, our place on it, right? And yeah, the planet's not going to disappear, but Earth as we know it is going to. And um, we were saying earlier, before you joined us, uh, Sarah, that I mean, I, I was saying that I feel that our original sin as mankind, not womankind, as mankind, is to separate God from the Earth. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps one of the, you know, one of these collective. Uh, you know, tasks is to reunite our God, whoever our God is, with Mother Earth, where we come from and we, where we hope to survive. Totally. And as I hear you say that, I feel a sweep of energy down my leg, down to my foot, right? Because when we talk about connecting to the Earth, we become more conscious of our identity as part of Exactly. And oh, right, and right, like, right. It's it's intellectual until you feel that sweep down your leg and then the rebound back up from the earth. And then we go, I can talk about this until I'm blue in the face, but mm-hmm. I know it feels better when I'm connected. And if I'm allowing myself to be guided by feeling, it becomes very simple to continue pursuing and fostering and, and, and growing that relationship or awareness. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And I feel like, you know, I mean... Especially the rich, you know, especially like that one percent who have so much. They really don't need, you know, any anything else. They've achieved all that they'll ever need in their lives. You know, they more than anyone should kind of, you know, listen to this message and embrace it. Because if they were relaxed enough and safe enough and conscious enough to share, you know, the riches and the goods that they have been blessed to have with everybody else, that would make such a huge difference, you know? If we could find a way for every country to agree on some basic laws and then have everyone there, regardless of like race or socioeconomic status or like whatever, you know, all of that stuff, follow those few rules, the the future of the earth would be much brighter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It brings me back to pleasure and consent, right? Making agreements. What turns you on? Juicy invitations, <laughs> right? We can think for ourselves about what would be best from this parameter. And then you try and tell that to someone. And if you're not sharing that kinesthetic transmission mm. with them, they'll be like, great, great idea. I'm going to go back to my uh, million-dollar condo. See you later, right? <laughs> like, it's not. But when you make it juicy for people, to be like, hey, you're a super rich person. You have everything in the world and you're still not totally happy and fulfilled. What's up? Mm-hmm. I've got something for you mm-hmm. that can make you more happy and fulfilled than you've ever. And it's not a product. Mm-hmm. It's not an object. And mm-hmm. it's not a retreat. And it's not a departure. It's mm-hmm. the food. Everything you've had up until now is the menu. Are you hungry? This is the food, right? Like, right. <laughs> it's it's ready for you. It's just for you. We made this plate. Like, yum, 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 right? And so I think it's about really, like, helping people to become aware of of how much better their own personal experience can be just better not yeah. more moral not more 
Oh yeah, right? morality like, just, is good. That's fucking too, fun. Right? You'll right. like it more. <laughs> You'll like it more yeah. when you're connected yeah. to your body and the earth, and you're giving away your abundance. Yeah. You'll like it. So tell me a little bit some of the events as examples of how you know they manifest or, or this big greater project, the events that you had at the Cosmic uh, Kant Church. Sure. So some of the we had daily meditation or movement practice every day mm-hmm. around the time of opening. Mm-hmm. Um, focusing on embodiment was huge throughout our process. So mm-hmm. we had uh, consent circles mm. where you know. We had... Uh, and what's a consent circle? A consent circle can take a lot of different shapes mm-hmm. depending on who is, is leading it. The moderator? Yeah. Mm. So we had one that was a lot more... Uh, it had an anti-capitalist sound healing in it and very much grounded in, in theory around the historical roots of uh, oppression and things like this. And that is... So, like, we love every flavor, mm. right? So we put out mm-hmm. that flavor for... Mm-hmm. We had anarchists and punks in the same space at the Church of the Cosmic Cunt and all this mm-hmm. pink lace is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then a week later, I led a workshop that was, it was so concise. It was like an hour and we dropped directly into breath mm-hmm. and we did this simple exercise about tuning into your yes and your no. Mm-hmm. And there was very little cross talk and we just mm-hmm. moved energy through the circle. We had mm-hmm. mask workshops. We had something called the... Mask? Mask, yes. Mm-hmm. Is it Jungian mask or... Uh, Balinese masks. Oh, Balinese masks. Yes. It was like the, the, the technique for creating the mask was like a Balinese mask. Mm. It's actually Akio mm-hmm. Apollo Davis, mm-hmm. incredible worker. He does mm-hmm. mask therapy. It mm-hmm. was possibly for me, aside from uh, Sarah's talk on plant sex, mm-hmm. was my favorite, most impactful workshop I've been to in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Really, like, he led us through this beautiful walking meditation where you enter the void space, mm. the space of timelessness where you were never born, you will never die, you will mm. never go anywhere, mm. you will never be anywhere. And you get to really step into the body in that way that Frida loves to juicily talk about, like that ultra presence where you mm. can feel every single tendon moving in your body. And there's a slowness about it. That mm-hmm. It's not about being slow. It's about being fully with every single mm-hmm. muscle in your body. Oh, yeah. Slowing down is really helpful. Because yeah. <laughs> things here are so fast in America. Mm-hmm. Not That's much. Fast. Not the rest of the world, but America for sure. Mm-hmm. So you wear the mask during that meditation? So initially in this iteration, because mm. he does different things. Mm-hmm. And the process with the mask was very beautiful, very spiritual, very integrated process Mm -hmm. where you know you have to fly to bali to have someone make them and then they only make them with this you know a certain type of wood and then they paint them 40 times white and then 40 times another one and each one has an archetype and so uh, as you're going about your walking meditation in this particular workshop um, he would come around and place a mask on your face and suddenly somehow inexplicably that you don't know you don't know the face you're wearing you become the face mm, well and you embody the download because there's something really beautiful about the way the brain and the, the, the being the body as a receptor as this uh, you know radio transmitter that's like completely interconnected with so much information beyond the five senses the Egyptians would say there's 132 and mm-hmm. so the body somehow knows what the intention behind or that's, that was woven, that was prayed, literally prayed into this mask mm. for the person to receive that download. And then you embody that. I love that. Embodying the l- download of like a Balinese artist or <laughs> the shamanic download. <laughs> so then we move from spaces like that to things like the smutty, slutty sleepover. Yeah. <laughs> where we all wore wigs and got dressed up and opened the space at like nine o'clock at night. And then we were screening like hilarious short art porn um, <laughs> and, and normalizing the presence of sexuality in a public mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. and opening people up to just having these conversations around consent and cuddling and, and Ooh, that's really sexy to me. And like, Oh my God, this is not where, what is this? Right. And, and this very, very playful, uh, free form, space but always always no matter what thing balinese dancing and yoga classes and smutty slutty sleepover and yoni pujas in our house um, intro to yes sensual yeah meditation. intro to dom was great and embrace your inner slut mm. so intro to dom gives you very basic information on how you can dominate your partner yes or access your inner 
inner um, dominance. Yeah, it was a workshop from uh, Carrie of Vicarious yeah. here in Miami, and yeah. she was um, doing a very much a soft 101 introduction mm-hmm. to kind of the basics of dom and submissive uh, power dynamics, mm-hmm. what a responsible dom looks like, safe words and things like that, and mm-hmm. then a demonstration. Mm-hmm. So one of our priestesses was tied up and spanked and some other things and this was the day that I uh, had my mother and my sister arrive in Miami (laughs) (laughs) and my mother who's Uh really done a lot of work to be open with all of these things you know Uh is like okay we're all the way in Miami I'm gonna come to your workshop for the very first time and she like walks in to like carry spanking this girl and it was just (laughs) Where's your mom from? New York. Mm, okay. But this is what the work is all about, right? Yeah. Is, is yeah. Integrating, exactly. Oh, yeah. Integrating, allowing... Bringing our mothers in. That's exactly. a big part of the work. Exactly. Yeah. Allowing the chips to fall where they and may. And our daughters. Yeah. Communicating about what came, comes up for us. My mom sat on the confessional couch Aww. and looked me in the eye and expressed to me how uncomfortable she was, but that she still loved me and wanted to support me. And I was mm. able to say to her, instead of arguing and defending what we're up to and all this stuff of the triggers and the ego, right? Right, right. I was able to look my mom in the eye and be like, mom, like, thank you for sharing with me about how you feel. This isn't just so that I can get affirmed by you on my art project. It's because I want to be integrated with you in my life. Mm -hmm. This is how I feel. I hear how you feel. I want to bring us closer and closer to the spot where we're both Mm -hmm. in our pleasure and in our consent, right? So, yes. Um, And... I want to share about my favorite event. Um, so one of our friends, Veronica, uh, she is a trans woman and she recently got her breasts. And so we hosted her debut part of um, an event series we had on Sundays called Tits and Mass. And uh, instead of Tits and Ass, we were holding Mass. And um, <laughs> we debuted her breasts. Mm-hmm. And um, this unfolded really organically you know we had planned to do it in a special way and that didn't happen but we worked out together and um she told me the tale of her transition and of what finally getting breasts meant to her and how you know the risks that she was taking on by now like fully embodying her um her true gender identity and all um and i shared with her my story of when i got breasts and then we painted eyeballs and protective sigils on her oh, breasts that's lovely. <laughs> and paraded them and had a really fun juicy photo shoot oh, that's great and um and yeah and so, and so um i bring that up just because i want to reiterate that what we're after is true like everyone feeling really comfortable and juicy to express their desires. Right. And honestly. be shamed about yes, yes. to be truly who they are. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the community is not having the bandwidth to fulfill those desires. No, that doesn't feel good to me. And it's like, okay, cool. Moving on. You know? Yeah. What was your talk, Sarah? That was mentioned just now. <laughs> <laughs> so my talk is about the way that plants, and uh, non-human organisms sexually reproduce Mm. uh, and kind of about the history of Mm -hmm. the evolution of biological sex um how it's just you know we we originally were all single-celled organisms reproducing by cloning and then at you know an evolutionary adaptation sexual reproduction so you can make a totally novel organism by combining the dna of two completely separate organisms right um, yeah, so it was just about that and like all the different ways that, you know, flowers bloom and their petals are their pussy and they have all their spermatophores on the stamen and they go and like, you know, bees and bats help spread the pollen. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of different ways to get it on. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just, I just like to, uh, I like to embrace the spectrum. I also think that, um, it, 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 in a like really fun, playful way, it shows people that it's like, okay, they're masculine and feminine do exist. And as humans, you know, we generally tend to lean towards one or the other, but that's not necessarily true. Even the way that people are born, you know, there's intersex people and, it, you know, biological sex itself as well is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so it's just... Yeah, the spectrum definitely, you know, exactly. again, is de-emphasized by exactly. the dominant culture. Yes. And even, you know, I think, I feel that like even queer politics has gone too far mm. in the sense that you have to take a stand and... You know, identify because I feel like in our lives we should be free to evolve mm-hmm. and maybe like 
you know, be gay, you know, in for one period and then, you know, be something completely different later and not have to go back in the closet every time we want to change, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> yes. it was so hard coming out the first time and all of that, you know, it's much better to just embrace like polysexuality, some sort of like, you know, fully developed poly uh, amorphous <laughs> <laughs> sexual identity mm. and that way you don't have to like take the tiny categories exactly yeah because the story of gender is just this mm -hmm. culture story of it mm -hmm. you know other cultures have different stories about it and the way i feel about it is if you want to make up your own and everyone in your you know and you're not hurting anyone I will. I, I will yeah. tell that story for you. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. I support your story. Yeah, <laughs> and we support all the hermaphrodites because, after all, they're the wisest ones, right? So the two spirit. You know, yeah, the two spirit. You know, who for so long they were just like castrated without anybody even knowing most of the time. Like at birth, someone would make a decision. Mm. Yeah. Choose wrong sometimes, or not wrong, but choose in a way that didn't necessarily like align choose with to that fit in. Yeah. 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 Yeah, choose to, like, not, again, speaking of shame, you know, like, shame the family, you know, or mm -hmm. have, like, the outlier, the, you know, the strange one. The I changeling. Mean, yes. <laughs> We've been talking about the strange one, the changeling. So, so, you know, it's not to make one side right or wrong, right? Yes. Like, in some seasons, being conservative is what keeps you safe and allows mm -hmm. things to progress. And in other oh, yeah, seasons... Yeah, you got to survive. Right. Being more liberal and being more more uh, diverse allows for the flourishing of the abundance mm -hmm. of life, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so I think what we're really recognizing is just entering into this moment when, like, the weird and the strange and the outer edges and the fullness of the spectrum, that we don't have to be afraid of that and squash that down in right. order to survive. Instead... Right. The time is ripe for that celebration mm -hmm. and the sun is shining and the ground is fertile yeah. and everybody's yeah. hungry yeah. and wants yeah. to eat of that yeah. Yeah. of that freedom and of that right. pleasure and that, right. that it's 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 safe now to come out and play, right? right. We're in that new right. season, we're in that new paradigm. So right. that's Yeah, it's the Aquarian age. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and while we have these freedoms, we have an obligation, I feel, as women to take full advantage of them. Because, you know, they were, we didn't always have them. We may not always have them. There are many, many cultures around the world. We're talking about billions of people who mm. are still repressed, you know. Mm. Um, we all know where they are and how hard it is for them to even, like, get out of the house and drive a car. So you know, we owe it to all of our sisters and fellow goddesses who have no voice, you know, to speak up and express this. So I think it's very valuable that we do. When we're, when we're not like at risk of being imprisoned for it. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. I would say this. Obligation feels heavy for me mm. because the microcosm is the macrocosm. As much as I am responsible for the experience of my sisters and for what happens across the earth, I am also this one sovereign body with my traumas and my inheritance and my vision and my mm -hmm. victory and mm -hmm. and so to me the languaging around it and this is just splitting hairs but it's I for split, my own split right the hairs, yeah. <coughs> for me the languaging around it feels much juicier when I think about the opportunity the rather privilege. than the obligation that I have right mm -hmm. to to kinesthetically transmit my juice and my joy and my openness and my exercise of that freedom bigger and louder and more mm -hmm. when I want and smaller and not at all and behind closed doors and for no one when I want mm -hmm. because that is what preserves this vessel to transmit another right, day. Right, 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 exactly. Yeah, so yeah, just yeah, yeah. For, for me, all that, that languaging about fighting for other people because that used to really compel me. I used to mm -hmm. want to be an evangelist. I used to be an activist <laughs> and, I would, and I would protest and, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that stuff really just... What you resist persists. Exactly. <laughs> and so, as we... Can you, can you talk a little more about that? What does it mean, what you resist persists for you? So, for me, a way that really resonates for me, it's going back to the conversation about the body, mm -hmm. right? So, when we're afraid, uh, when we feel pain, there's a contraction. Mm -hmm. The energy isn't flowing. Mm -hmm. So, when we're contracted, we're resisting mm -hmm. something. And mm -hmm. when something is resisting, you're just hitting up, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, when we actually open up and are receptive and acknowledge that the body is something that al allows us to tune into this yes. Mm. What feels easeful 
I'm relaxed. My shoulders are back. I'm standing up straight. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, you know, my toes are perfectly, <laughs> you know, just lingering there. They're not curled up. I'm mm-hmm. not hunched over. I'm just mm-hmm. here and I feel open and everything is just moving through me. Mm-hmm. That's really easeful. And from that space of presence, mm-hmm. because I'm, fear is also, it's like either I'm in the past or I'm in the future. I'm not now. Mm-hmm. And in the now moment, I can really just be mm-hmm. in that portal of possibilities and I can choose my perception. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do I choose to perceive? I have an obligation. Ooh, that feels heavy. Now I have a responsibility. I don't know. Can I do this? This is a lot. Oh my God. What the fuck? <laughs> I can yeah. You haven't, you're, you're not the mom, right? <laughs> I'm not. And, and then Being a mom, I'm so used to, you know, obligations and responsibilities, you know, mm. so it's a different place. I'm, you know, I just have to say yes. that. Yeah, because like you put yourself after your obligations and responsibilities to the you know the one you love more than yourself. So maybe that's why I speak so easily <laughs> of these words. Because <laughs> oh, I have a nineteen-year-old daughter, so I've lived nineteen years with it and embracing it. You know, totally embracing it and loving it, but also knowing that it's not a choice for me. I made that overall choice initially, right. and then I'm good with that. Right. (laughs) I think that's precisely it when you talk about mothering, right? And this is kind of a shift in the way we're thinking about ourselves too, that like, are we we resisting mothering, right? Like my mom chose to have me, have me, was very joyful in that decision and and never, you know, throughout her life did she not want to have me. Mm -hmm. And yet there were times where the ways that she fulfilled her obligations or her, or her, whatever you know mm-hmm. also also were were difficult for her mm-hmm. and and so what i'm what i'm interested in is sounds like what you're talking about is this kind mm-hmm. of thing where you're mothering and embracing the the act of mothering and also mothering yourself at the same time yeah. of aligning your energies yeah. so that your obligations don't feel like weights and instead yeah. they feel like joyous celebrations yeah. um yeah. the other thing i just wanted to say about what you resist persists is that where energy goes, where attention goes, energy flows. So if you're resisting something, you're looking at it and you're going, no, right now this is an intellectual version of it versus the body version. You're looking at it and you're going, no. You're focusing your energy and your attention going, no, no, no. You're keeping it in this conflict when your energy is focused up, I don't want that. So like when you stop resisting that thing and allow it to move through, your whole scene changes mm. because that block is is now not where it's flowing through. Right. I agree mm. with you. I totally agree with that. And it, I mean, I said what I said in a very inclusive mm. way, in a very supportive, you know, mother goddess way, um, just that as we move from maiden to mother, I haven't gotten to crone yet, but, you know, that's the wise time. <laughs> um we are we're we're you know we we give ourselves permission to move through like you know uh, our definition of different you know of different concepts and widen it so we can be more than one right yeah yes <coughs> so um okay let's see um what else what other question would you like to tell me a little bit about how you each got to this place your your personal journey of you know finding yourself as founders or of the church of the cosmic cult sure should i start with this one or would one of you like to start with this one i don't know how you feeling babe i mean it's sort of uh, all right let's go I mean, the cosmic so it starts from a place of being disempowered in my body with my sexual partners from uh being an overachieving Ivy League, kind of a kid, a lot of pushing, a lot of not being connected to my body, feeling like a brain in a meat sack, Mm. feeling like when my sexuality was starting to happen, that that was such a powerful departure from the rest of the scene. Like, oh my God, I can finally just go off and be with my boyfriend and do a different one, right? Um, From that place, through, uh, through the joke of the cosmic cunt, at a yoga teacher training after it was over, of laughing about it, and then uh, and then deciding that I was going to pursue it and go further with it. And I didn't know what that meant, and I didn't have a self-pleasuring practice. I wasn't 
you know, I wasn't uh, the queen of orgasms or anything like that, but I, I, I really desired to feel what my pleasure was, discover that, and get it communicated. Mm-hmm. And then this whole sort of process is the outpouring of that like personal personal journey and, and journey along with my sisters and with other people of recognizing that we're not alone in this of like, oh, why can't I just get these words out and feel what I want to feel? And then... Mm-hmm. Um, so you came from a place of being a... What did you study? Uh, how did you get to organizing? Oh, something. <laughs> I wanted to study art. I wanted mm. to study art, and then I wanted to study English, mm-hmm. and I, uh, the prerequisites were not for me. I didn't want to read deadwhiteman.com. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, <laughs> super, super over it. So I ended up doing uh, a whole bunch of other things, East Asian studies and living in oh, South Korea for a long time, which mm. is an interesting dynamic between men and women. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah. That's, my, that's my journey with it. Yeah. Sarah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I get, I'll start with this, actually. When I went through puberty, um, my mom had always said to me, you know, like, you don't know how lucky you are, you know, you as a girl, like, you know, people are praising you for your intelligence. When I was a little girl in the 50s and the 60s, it wasn't that way, this and that. And I was like, yeah, 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 mom. Feminism is, you know, we we already did it. Like now, ladies can do whatever they want, you know. Um, And it and and then going through puberty, kind of like understanding personally in my body, the the difference between men and women. You know, like um, going from being a child to being somebody who is viewed by our society as like I don't know, uh, up for sexual consumption. You know. Um, and just like just feeling the the shift of the way that people's eyes are, were on me in the world, you know, and then um, and and I realized how deep that wounding was, you know. I felt it in myself. I saw it in other people. Um, the male gaze, the male gaze, but not just the male gaze. It's the male gaze, and it's also your seventh grade teacher telling you mm. that what you're wearing is inappropriate because you wore a white t-shirt and it like rained a little bit and like your little training bra is showing from underneath, you know, it's like, you're not here to, you're not like, um, you know, school dress codes. Oh, your shorts are too short. So, uh, you know, your, your shorts go past your fingertips on your thighs. So now you don't get to learn today. You have to spend the entire day in internal suspension. You know, it was, it was stuff like that that started to make me really rage against right. society i didn't have the critical theory to understand exactly what i was mm-hmm. raging against but i knew it wasn't right i knew it was mad um that's beautiful thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and um and then you know so i was just like an angry intellectual mm-hmm. um and uh and and then yeah i went to school and kind of was able to understand the the history and the context and the things around it mm-hmm. and um i in school i studied environmental science and mm. anthropology mm-hmm. so i kind of came out of school with like a whole understanding of the plant world and and like the the little interconnectedness of creation independent of human society or like intermingled with human society and like the different ways that we have thrust ourselves upon it to end up where we are now um, so that's, that's like the the background and um, yeah. So I I kept going deeper into that after I got out of school. Instead of pursuing academia, I decided to um, study more yoga, and then I ended up studying tantra and mm. just kind of learning about the integration of the masculine and feminine. That's how I met this woman, and uh, you know she came back from Spain a couple years ago and was like. Would you can can I enroll you in something? She's like, it's called the Cosmic Con- Conference, and it's happening right now, <laughs> and it's never not happening. But now you know you're now you know you're in it. That's great. And I thought it was hilarious, mm-hmm. and it was so cute and so silly that I was like, "What are you doing? You're doing an event? Okay, first one, let me cater it." And so that's how we began this journey together. Mm. This particular project itself, um, we did an event in in Art Basel last year together at Churchill's where I used to work. Mm -hmm. We met the owner of the gallery. She offered us a show and we just went from there and we really went crazy. We could could have just spent like two months making our own art. Instead, we're like, let's get everybody we know involved. And I'm really glad we did because it 
it was just really beautiful and and it seems like this is our life now so yeah it raised the consciousness for sure we made a lot of lifelong connections and cemented others yeah <laughs> luna um so for me i came to this tefita and um as i it's such a convoluted crazy story and and i'm it's actually not convoluted it was just a perfectly cosmically choreographed appointment yeah. you know it's like meeting frida was like i met her on august 8th of last year <laughs> it was the lionsgate portal don't know if you know what that is but rawr it was time to graduate and that's what it felt like i actually had been on this you know Awesome parties, you know, the whole night on some boat in Bushwick in Brooklyn. And and uh, then it was like seven and someone was like, let's go to Castle Babes. And I was like, what is that? And they're like, let's just go. And I said, okay, yes. <laughs> because in reality, a lot of why I'm here is because I'm deciding to say yes to the yes. <laughs> so I and saying no to the no so I can say yes to more of the yes. And yes. meeting Frida was fantastic because I didn't know what to expect. I just was like, oh, I'm having such a great fucking time today. And I would love to keep dancing. And I and I love the idea of going and listening to my friend Dreamy, like play more music. I'm obsessed with her. And I get there and I walk through a window onto like a rooftop. And there's this woman waving at me. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know anyone at this party, but like she's waving at me. And I'm like, okay, hi. And she just kept really waving. And I come up to her. And as I'm walking up to her, she suddenly bursts into tears. And, <laughs> and I I'm see crying. That and I just met her. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and then suddenly we're crying together and we're hugging for like five minutes. And I'm completely sober because I haven't been drinking since like 2013. And I'm like, mm -hmm. don't really dabble like that. And, and so I'm having this very like impressive moment of, just like this strange cosmic sensation of this feedback loop where mm -hmm. I'm still unpacking like what were those sensations that we were experiencing together because it felt like oh my gosh sister yes thank you so much you are here mm. like I was like really doing so much work to just get past like like liberating myself like mm. liberating myself and shedding to the point where I was like <sighs> and there Frida was at the checkpoint and simultaneously when I came down here to Miami which again, was like another invocation. She told me about it at, at like in January. And at that point, I left New York indefinitely. I was like, I don't know when I'm going back to New York. Bye, I'm done, not doing winter anymore. And let me go like travel and do this whole thing. And I was um, in Dallas at the time. And I was like, oh, this is brilliant. And I'm going to Mexico to study with a medicine woman. So this is what my life is like. Let me get back to you about whether or not I'm coming to Miami. And And one day, a month and a half into Mexico, I just woke up and I was like, I have to go back to Dallas right now. Like, right now. I have to go back. And I didn't know. I felt like I was crazy. And then part of that, as I, and I, and I just like, it was the first time I felt like I was crazy because, you know, when we talk about like listening to the pussy portal mm. and the conversation and the language and like all of this thing around really identifying what's the yes, you know, I, I never questioned it until that day because it just, It just, it was illogical. And then I get on this bus, like, <laughs> imme I pack all of my things, and, and I get on this bus, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to Dallas. I'm going to pick up my things. And I call a friend. I was like, okay, I, I guess I'm going to Miami, you know? I, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm going to go to Miami, you know? <laughs> and so I get here, and I meet Sarah, and I, I'm in love with this Pisces Mersace queen. Oh, and Oh yeah, mermaid Versace. It's uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's mermaids wearing high art and puppet trash at the same time. Right. That's our, our love aesthetic. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, also Muppet Versace. Yes. Yeah, I was in a bikini when I picked you up. Oh my god, yes, because <laughs> this really is what it's about. Because I had experienced all these different levels of suppression, and where I'm in my life, I'm in my life right now is like unboxing you know, completely. And I gained so much permission from Frida for being all of the allness. You know, I'm like wearing nipple 
nipples out and it's like am i this right, person right, right now right, right, yeah. you know like is this the person that i am like yes i'm super into this you know and in reality you know sarah coming to pick me up from the airport i didn't know her you know up until you know like a month ago or whatever mm-hmm. and like she was wearing a bikini and it was like all the different contrasts and the context of the way that we're suppressing ourselves i'm deeply interested in undoing that and I come from a background of like when we're talking about sex and religion like I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness wow (laughs) now you're talking (laughs) (laughs) you've come a long way yes Yeah, and I actually made a mental note. Like, I'm not going to talk about that. Like, I'm going to keep that in my pocket. <laughs> oh, come on. Well, you thank know? you for sharing. And uh, and then it just feels like... it shows the road traveled. Yes, and, yeah. and the beauty of it. Because yeah. I deeply appreciate all of the things that I learned being in that. And it's like, it's not like I was like, oh, casually going. It's a whole lifestyle. It's like, you can't wear a certain thing. Your mom tells mm-hmm. you you look like a prostitute if you're wearing spaghetti straps. Like, <laughs> well, my yeah, mom, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And all of this like thing and the weirdness around sexuality and like mm. masturbating and like not doing that and just being in a room with a boy and like, you know, all of the things. Right. You it was know? all a no. And all of the suppression and then adding the cultural components of like, mm-hmm. you know, being a, born into first generation Dominican woman in mm-hmm. a very like Russian neighborhood and like, you know, so it's all these like little different things of like just the constant suppression. And it's, it's so perfect meeting Frida because, and meeting Sarah, because Sarah is like my, I don't know. I feel like you're like, I'm like, are you my alter ego? You're not like, you're also me. And like, also (laughs) just like, I don't know. I feel complete in this, in this this space. And I love the complementarity and like this notion Mm -hmm. of, of community and how we Mm -hmm. all bolster together as like, actually Sarah, this was mentioned in Sarah's talk. I don't know if Sarah said it, but it's my favorite thing. Now we are all symbiotic organisms in motion, Mm -hmm. part of a larger symbiotic organism in motion. Mm -hmm. And it like ties back to like this original, like thing we were talking about, how like everyone tries to separate God from the earth and like make this whole thing. When in reality, God, it's just a semantic thing. Because when you look across the board, what does everyone say? The atheists, the different scientific theories, the different religions. God, this framework, is an energy that cannot be created or destroyed. Always is and always was. Can Mm -hmm. only be reshaped, redefined, and reformed. Hallelujah. (laughs) End of story. So we're all saying the same thing. So it's like, what's the lowest common denominator? Like, how can you separate (laughs) yourself from yourself? Like, right. you can't. That's the biggest illusion, this illusion of right. separation. Exactly. I am that I am. Right. Yes. I am That's Frida. the first Frida name of God, by the way. I have it tattooed here in, from, in Hebrew. Exactly. Yeah, um, it's the first name of God that was given to mm-hmm. Moses. I am. Mm-hmm. That's my I name, am. said God. Well, there you go. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love the logic. Thank you for... Yeah, that was like a very clear example of being led from your can't God, from the pussy portal, mm. from that otherness, that's your truth, right? Yeah. yeah. And I thank you for creating that space because I was so nervous. I was like, my personality is like in my toes right now and I couldn't <laughs> find it. And then I was like, ah! <laughs> so thank you because, okay. you know, you we, we get to toes. just be. <laughs> yeah to just be and thank yeah. you and yes I, I i this is the background and this is what we're working with and we're all in it together and it's fucking thank you yeah fucking thank you is right thank <laughs> you uh, i want to add one more concept concept yeah, to you because please. we've spoken a little bit about our interconnectedness and how mm. we met and the feelings and the tears and surely you've mm. had this experience before where you meet someone and it's like deja vu you've known them in a bunch of lifetimes and you just feel that right mm-hmm. and so I, I i along the way i've become really juiced up by that feeling it's one of my favorite feelings is to find myself in a room full of people who all feel like that to me mm-hmm. and so uh, through the filter of the cosmic Con conference what's in my pleasure what do i consent to where do i want to be what story can i let go of so i can stay at this party a little bit longer because this party is where the whole universe is right now right the infinite surprise party is what i call that moment when you meet someone or you feel something and it's like everything led me here not just my logic but everything and and you follow i think right we follow the 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 heart the 
cunt portal, that womb wisdom, that feeling beyond the logic. And, and if you follow that, even if you don't, if you just wake up to it, you can discover that in any moment you're in this infinite surprise party that you planned for yourself with all of space time. And yes. all you're doing is waking up to it. So it's the poem that describes the same idea of there being only one energy that can't be created or destroyed. It just gets moved around. And so mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. what uh, resonant frequency do I want to be vibrating all this matter at? And and who do I want to vibrate next to around? Your and what vibe feels? is your tribe. Yes, your vibe yeah, is your tribe. Your vibe is your tribe. And so, and so that's sort of what's happening now as we move into the church of the cosmic. We're even con- considering leaving the word cunt <laughs> off. And, and right? just letting it be implied because the church of the cosmic is is sort of creating that umbrella for people with lots of different thoughts to find themselves in the same vibration of unified or 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 dancing with this resonance and connectedness and what it feels like and I found you again like yes let's play right and Mm -hmm. and so yeah I just wanted to add that because I'm I'm very much at the infinite surprise party with both of you and, and yeah. it's my favorite feeling. Yeah. <laughs> you too to walk into your house today. Oh, yeah, I oh feel right there. <laughs> I mean, another yeah. scene from the infinite yeah. surprise party to walk into all of this yeah. art that is like what I was studying as a teenager and drooling over Judy Chicago and right. dreaming of, mother. right? Yeah. And so yeah. thank you for being another host yeah. site of the yeah. infinite surprise party to yeah. gather. Yeah. Mm. Well, I feel that the beauty of that surprise party is that we will all find each other mm. yes right? yes yeah. yes and we'll be right on time <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah <laughs> it's the cosmic choreography it's right, right you know because it's like outside linear time it's like nature cyclical time exactly yes. exactly <laughs> yes and it's a process because it's not like oh it's not like frida was like okay luna on August 8th, 2018, <laughs> we're going to meet up at 7 o'clock in the morning. No, it's like, okay, to me, I think it's like, okay, once this process, this seedling has burst open, and I'm in this space of openness and receptivity, and I'm saying yes, and I'm interested in being free, you know, I'm going to walk through a gate, and Frida, I'm going to walk through a window, crawl through a window, <laughs> and be on a rooftop in Brooklyn and Bushwick and at 7 o'clock in the morning, and Frida's going to be there, and she's like, welcome, sister. Yeah. You made it. You made it. And the feedback loop from 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 this non-linear time thing, right? Because time is this li- this construction we place on top of this rhythm in order right, to collaborate exactly. together. Exactly. You know, and in reality, yes, yes. it's like feeding back and forth because when I got to Miami, what I realized was like I was like, Frida, I feel like the old 80-year-old versions of us just like we're also in like in this moment sending back some sort of like prayer gratitude invocation something like Mm -hmm. we accomplished amazing things together that i can't even begin to fathom but that's because it's ready it's waiting you know the tribe is here our people are here as you said you know there is more readiness at this moment so you just like found the space and you called them in and they came you know and the more you, you do it, it the more come. Exactly. if you build it they will come they will come <laughs> we we are all coming so and for mm. our listeners our viewers we'll be back together this is not our last podcast definitely this not. is only our first podcast yes and <laughs> you know reach out to us um how can i mean I, i'm gonna post all the instagram links and connections but you can find them at the Church for Cosmic Cunt. Yes, d- definitely reach out to us on this on idea of, of the feeling. If you're feeling this, exactly. come join us. If talk to us about this, it. Yes, the exactly. Instagram. The Instagram is is yeah. the Cosmic CC. That's uh, it. Yes, yeah. that's the that's the Cosmic mm-hmm. Cunt Instagram. You can DM them. You can DM me at Speak Sex Podcast. You can also do ask questions on the story. When I'll be posting the stories from the episode, I will be giving you that option to ask questions, and we'll all share them. Oh, yeah. Everybody will receive them. Um, you can email speaksexpodcast at gmail.com and ask more questions, how to join, how to be involved, how to stay in touch. And I'll send out all your messages. So stay connected, uh, stay listening, 
you ladies goddesses would you like to add something before we close just a, just a little bit more personal information for us okay. uh, the cosmic cc is our shared instagram we're a collective so right. for our individual instagrams um i am frida future and you can find me f-r-i-d-a frida future on instagram i am luna and my handle is the junk folder so mm -hmm. junk like one man's giant's treasure i'm mm -hmm. the junk folder <laughs> and my treasure yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love you. Very cheesy right now. Um, and I'm Sarita period Brujita. So that's S -A with a J. Yeah, yes, cute. with a J. S A R I T A period B R U J I T A means little witch. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, I'm Eve Eurydice, and um, I had a wonderful time with my sister goddesses. Mm -hmm. We'll I'll have them back very soon. Yay. And thank you for trusting us as your sex whisperers. Until we're back, please speak sex. And may the cosmic cunt be with you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> thank yes. you, Eve. <laughs> thank you. If I could make love incessantly, I would be God.